Welcome to episode 62 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike. And this is Jeff. I have a few simple facts for you guys today. A few? Yeah, I mean, I just think they're, they're kind of timely. This is the first time ever that two number four seeds are playing for the Super Bowl. Okay. It's kind of crazy that two four seeds are playing. And it's never happened before. Sure. All right. I know we hate him. But Tom Brady has seven rings with a total value of $2,414,000. His rings, dude. Why do you assume we hate him? I don't hate him. I mean, I hate him. (laughs) Why? Are you just like the, the... prototypical Philly sports fan who hates anyone in, a, in another uniform. Where have you been since you met Jeff This Mastro? is for our new <laughs> listeners. For our new A-G-L-E. <laughs> yeah, I hate him, dude. I mean, I hate him as a person. Yeah, I recognize no, him as the goat. you hate him as a person. Yeah, I think he's a loser. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I recognize him as the greatest quarterback of all time. I respect him as a quarterback. I don't like his crybabiness on the field and on the sidelines sometimes. I don't like him kissing his son on the lips when he's getting a massage in his house. Like, he's just a weird dude. I don't like the way he styles his hair. I don't like him. Okay. We have a lot to cover today, so we're All not right, going to go fine, down the Tom Brady fine. wormhole. Is that, are those so, your only two So you're saying out? his rings are pretty valuable. So yeah. That's your, that's your point. Yeah. And um, how much do you think the Lombardi trophy weighs? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say 14 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Um, 25. Seven. Wow. It costs 50 grand, and it weighs seven pounds. Like it looks like it weighs way more than I would have said. Like 25. Is that exactly. What you said? What I, said. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> I forget what the cup, the Stanley Cup. I think it's 35 or something. That's like it. That. Maybe more. I don't, I don't know, know what the Mike. If you're going to bring a fun is. fact to the table, man, you got to you got to do your, <laughs> your research. Job. <laughs> well, speaking of the Lombardi and Tom Brady, remember last year when he was throwing it off boats? Yeah. Everyone said that that was a fake because of how easily he threw it, but I guess not. I think it looked heavy the way he threw it. It looked like it was way more than seven pounds. Oh. He looked like he kind of labored to throw it. He was bombed. <laughs> 115 tequilas. <laughs> I was trying to think, like, if you're trying to chuck a seven-pound object, it's not going to be easy necessarily, right? And it's a very oddly shaped object, too. It's not like a football. (laughs) Um, Okay, I guess we got to start with the Sixers. I mean... So today is the day, whenever this podcast comes out, today is the day that the Sixers officially acquired James Harden and have officially become legitimate contenders to win an NBA championship. Dude, I don't know if I'm more happy that we're a better contender now or that Ben Simmons is gone. Dude, I, I j- <laughs> my friend just asked me, like, what feels better? And I was like, 60-40, 60% Ben's gone, 40% that we got Harden. Why would, why would they have made that trade? And by they, I don't mean the Sixers. They got- uh, This is actually a really good trade for the Nets, too. Why? Ben Simmons is never going to have to play offense. Like Kyrie Irving and arguably the best offensive player ever in Kevin Durant. 
Like they can hide him in ways the Sixers never could. He's a really good defender. They get a shooter in Seth Curry. They get a decent backup center in Andre Drummond. I mean, it's on paper a really good trade for them. Kyrie Irving is hasn't gotten vaccinated. He hasn't been able to play this season because of specific state rules not allowing him to. Um, Kevin Durant just tore his MCL. So they're like beat up. But if that's a healthy net squad with Kyrie playing real time, this is an awesome trade. I'm not worried about that because the Sixers need to win this year. I don't care next year. I don't care what that team looks like. So we get to, what is it, well, May? Yeah. And they're bounced don't prior to the, to the finals. <laughs> no. How devastating is it going to be? What kind of attitude is this to yeah. be bringing to the pod right now? You uh, jumped not, immediately to when they fail. I'm just, I'm just not cheerleading the trade because a lot can go wrong. A lot has gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I guess I'm at a point. They, Joel Embiid is playing. He's, he's the favorite to win the MVP this year. He is playing the best basketball of his career. He single-handedly basically has this team two and a half games out of first. Now we're bringing in like the best scorer of my generation. Like if they get bounced, I'm no longer a basketball fan. Is he in his prime still or is he on the Harden? back nine? Um, he's probably like starting, like like finishing on the eighth hole, you know? Okay. Not hasn't teed off on the nine yet, but he's also never played with a legitimate big. And like now teams can't double Joe and they can't double James. Like it's it, it is exactly what a basketball team is supposed to be made up of. And guys, I, they're the only one that does. They're the only one that has this. I've been telling you guys for years now, just trust the process. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I will say the process in a very like weird way got them here. Um, th- there was not a better player to target. He is one of the 75 best players in the history of the NBA. Like, I think I'm more pissed that we still have Danny Green. Like, Same. couldn't they have gotten rid of him too? I would have just given him to them. Yeah, just like give you want him. Danny as well. Just give Danny. Uh, I'm excited, man. This is gonna. Be, can you imagine if they win the championship the first year you <sighs> become a season ticket holder? I know. Like, if, like, there's only one way to go from there. I know. Down. Well, yeah. We're okay. back to backs. <laughs> how much do? Uh, how much um, would a would a Harden jersey go for? A Sixers. Yeah. Like a adult men's probably 150 bucks. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they start at 300? Because they're gonna have no shortage of people like you guys lining up to mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Personally, not a big jersey wearer. Yeah, but, but a lot of people. A are. lot of people are. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a significant markup. Okay. As big of a markup as there is on as a mark down on the Ben Simmons jerseys <laughs> that are now in Marshalls. Ben Simmons is gone. Good. Ridden. Oh, I feel so good. I can't believe you just said good riddance to that, man. <laughs> Where you've come from. I Holy know. moly. I know. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. They play Friday. Yeah, they play tomorrow, which I'm not sure if Harden will play. And then they play a couple games next week at home. So he'll play at home, hopefully, in the next week. But then they play in Philly against the Nets a month from now. I can't, I mean, I, I'm like, it's so marked on my calendar already. Yeah. Yeah. We may just shut the office down. <laughs> I'll Start <be> tailgating. 
Mm. All right, Megs, what do we got? Are we doing Super Bowl? Oh, we yeah, I forgot. Run Holy through. Moly. I know. All right, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but um, Super Bowl, I don't even know what number it is. 56. 56. Super Bowl 56. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Los Angeles Rams. That's correct. In Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Accurate. Um, what do we got? Does anybody have any like certain feelings and predictions? Uh, no. Okay. I have none. Rams are given four-ish. Line's been three and a half to four and a half, but right now it stands at four. So the Rams are the favorite. Mm-hmm. They're at home, so they get home. a few points for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I just see it as it's it's a no brainer, and I've I think I said this to you guys like who to root for. Like I feel bad for Matt Stafford. He's a decent quarterback. He's been in the league for twelve years, and he had to suffer in Detroit for twelve years. The first year he goes to a new team, he makes to the Super Bowl. Like he deserves a ring. Joe Burrow, I like him. He's young. He's going to be here for another 15 years the guy's going to win a ring most likely Mm, i don't know i think you can make the case rooting for cincinnati makes perfect sense too just because of how brutal the franchise has been for a long time what since the late 80s maybe i don't even know since the beginning of time yeah i mean i want i i don't really have a rooting interest either way I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that Cincy wins though again because I I picked them in the, uh, in the, in the <laughs> you con- did you fight. did I'm with you Jeff I'm rooting for Matt Stafford um, I like Joe Burrow though I I don't think I have a rooting interest so when I say like I guess I'm rooting for a good game whoever wins wins I would like to see Matt Stafford get a Super Bowl I don't particularly care to see Odell Beckham win Why? but I don't know. His, like, antics in New York, kind of, like, always, like, hot. Would that have bothered you if he wasn't a giant? He did not. (laughs) He did not do that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It was just weird the way Tom did it. The execution was weird. Um, I don't know enough. I I don't, I don't, I, I mean, what's his name? David Donald, the stud on the, on the. Aaron Donald. Sorry, Aaron Donald. He's stud. I, I know. I don't know many players on either team, honestly. Uh, That's it. Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, Cooper Cup. Oh, Cooper Cup's a stud. Robert Woods, who's injured, was their best receiver. Other than Cooper Cup, he's not playing. Um, That's why they have Odell. Um, The Bengals have won. I mean, the franchise has won a few Super Bowls. Do you think that it will be a close game? So how disappointing would that be if we have the playoffs that we've had this yeah. year and then the bowl game, the Super Bowl, is a dud? That would There's suck. There's no way it's going to live up to what we've had in championship games. Just be a decent game would be yeah, nice. Yeah, but you got to – I mean, that was unreal. We have to manage expectations a bit. I think it will absolutely be a close game. Yeah. My prediction is it will be by far the most annoying year for Super Bowl commercials in history because mm. of all the crypto commercials that you're going to see. Oh, that's a great. That's and a like great the, the betting platforms. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm taking Rams 27-24. Wow. That's a great prediction. I'm taking 
I'm going to take the Bengals 34-31. Wow. I'm going to say Bengals 17-13. Low-scoring affair. Low-scoring affair. (laughs) What's the over-under in that game? Do you know? Are you aware? I don't know. I'll fill you in real quick. Apparently, I'm taking the under. (laughs) Over-under is 48-and-a-half, so I went way over. Yeah, you went under. All right, we'll see. I'm sure Christian will let us know. Hopefully, uh, this comes out before the Super Bowl. Yeah. (laughs) No chance. Okay, Coach's Corner. Fear is a good motivation for fraud. This is Matt, is it Levine? Yeah. Matt Levine's newsletter from Bloomberg. Uh, His newsletter mentions two of the ways investors are often defrauded, being lied to about an investment opportunity or being lied to about the alternatives. Safeguard Metals is the subject of his newsletter, and they are currently under SEC investigation for doing both. Mike, you want to give us a quick synopsis on what's going on? Yeah. Um, first of all, Matt Levine's a great. He's a great read. I don't know if you guys ever read his stuff. He's a former Goldman guy. <coughs> I saw me. him on Twitter. Yeah, he's very very me smart. <laughs> he's he writes for Bloomberg, uh, like a daily column. He just kind of curates a few articles, but his he's just funny, smart. Probably a little too technical for, for most of the time. But um, anyway, he, he he pulls up stuff all the time about like insider trading cases and just makes fun of how stupid the people were that were involved in it and whatnot. Um, in this case, the SEC is bringing a, uh, an action against a firm out of California that and, and the reason that I've read the article and it resonated is because, Jeff, we had a client recently send you, I think, an email with um a bunch of a bunch of stuff saying hey did you see this there's a there's a there's a rule there's a rule out there that allows your retirement assets to be frozen um and the pitch was to get out of it sell everything and put it in gold where they can't touch it which is not true none of that's true but this is one of the techniques that's out there that scammers are using to try to defraud um elderly people and it's not even elderly they target 59 and over specifically because you can take money out of your ira or 401k at that point and they're pitching them aggressively to put it all into coins um with insane markups and just lies galore um the megan your intro was like you either lie about the investment or you lie about the alternative. In this case, it's the alternative, which was, did you, are you aware, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, that this rule exists and your, what you thought was safe 401k IRA um, money is potentially going to be frozen and you won't be able to access it. And sure enough, millions and millions of dollars were, were put into these things and Gullible people believed it, and um, so they're getting they're going to get in trouble. But um, it's just astonishing how these these scams just never end, and they're they're just relentless. Now, I guess there's just enough customers out there for them to to get a hold of through you know emails or cold calls or whatever. Um, they went to lengths to create fake websites and LinkedIn profiles and hired a bunch of telemarketers to 
open the call and they bring in the closer and, you know, just a, a I wouldn't call it an elaborate operation, but very brazen, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at least good on good on the regulators for finding out, finding them out. The, the question I would have is like, how many more of these things are out there that yeah. are just going untouched? You know? So I think like once a month or I'd say like at least six times a year, I get an email forwarded from a client that says like, Hey, were you aware of this? Were should we aware? have done this? Yeah. Or should, or should we be doing something about this? And what you were referring to, the email I got a few months ago was from a client. And it it said like, <clears throat> you know, the Joe Biden, blah, 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 you know, insert name here, right? It's either the, 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 the Republican candidate or, or, or president, the Democratic president is their agenda is doing this. And did you know that your IRAs are going to be double taxed? Like, and there's this little known IRS loophole to take advantage, like whatever. So I get this and I'm like, this is just complete BS. On one of the links I tried to click on to like download, like to read their free pamphlet that sent you to a, a, an error not found like webpage, <laughs> didn't even exist. But it said nothing about gold on the email. It was just, you know, learn about the IRS loophole. And as you dig through like, okay, you click on the person who sent the email, it's like goldtrustinc.com. Like, mm-hmm. It's just the, the lengths they go to to create these emails that they're getting better and better at making them look legitimate. And you have to be um, informed enough to know what steps to take to like, okay, click. Well, maybe don't click on a link because you'll download a virus. But like at least <laughs> like check the sender, yeah. Google that somewhere else and find out like what's the source of where I'm getting this email because that's going to tell you what the agenda is. So good on our client for, hey, like using us as the first person to kind of um, be verify. the one yeah, to verify it. Um, so gullible is a term you use. I don't know. I just think people, and, and we know investors are very susceptible to greed and fear. And when they are fearful... They react, and it's so freaking easy for these companies to draft some bullcrap email, to create some bullcrap website. The fact that they think they're going to get away with it, it blows my mind, man. Yeah. I think about, too, though, all these scams that target the elderly are done so for a reason. They have a much greater success rate, plus that's where the money is. Yeah. But I wonder about, like, as time goes on, are are the people who are not yet, I'll call them the elderly, and going to be the elderly in the future, are they going to be less gullible? Are they? Are, is this a function of just the current, I'll call it boomer <laughs> generation, yeah. um, just doesn't have the experience or the exposure to all this kind of stuff, and they're more no. they're more targetable. I think it is now, but then I uh, the way that these things have evolve the scams specifically and how much more elaborate um, they've become, I have to believe that that will continue. And there will be something about, you know, my generation that I'm a little bit behind the eight ball on and it, it leaves you susceptible to, to be a target for, for things like this. I mean, we know working right now in the retiree space that all regulating bodies are super, super like on the ball with 
safeguarding seniors, right? And there's so many safeguards in place and really like a lot of hoops that we have to jump through to ensure that we're checking appropriate boxes. And it just feels a little bit unfair that like the people who do it right have all of this scrutiny on them. And then there are people like this who just continue to, and again, like they don't really get away with it, but they get to the point where they get money from people, they traumatize people, and then in order to get their funds back, they're through litigation and a series of like legal, I don't know, systems and it's events. It's just, it's crazy. Um, I don't believe that it's just... You don't think it's a generational no, thing? No, I mean, look at... These may not be great examples, but I just read an article about like the crypto fraud, like yeah. scams that are happening. Sure. Right, you know? I think that's the evolution of it. Yeah, that's like, the evolution of it. Yeah. I mean, Reddit and like buy AMC because it's going to a thousand. You have this community convincing investors that don't really know what the hell they're doing to buy crappy stocks. It's not the same, but like the crypto thing is the same. That's the evolution of it. Yeah, you're probably right because we we did talk about before, like on social media, TikTok, and others. There's people yes. giving financial advice to mostly younger, yep. younger people, and they're acting on it and it all comes down to fear and greed and fomo it's like all of those things yeah that's it that's what drives it people just don't want to accept look in order for you to have a lot of money you just got to save a lot of money yeah you might get lucky with a stock here and there with some crypto but like the amount of like the percentage of people that that's what happens with them is like one percent if i had to like guess a number yeah do you even think it's that high? No. Right. <laughs> no, it's not that high. It's not that high. Like the billionaire, like the Bitcoin billionaires are not like 1% of the people. It's way less. Right. I'm sorry to ruin like everyone's like aspirations, but in order for you to have a lot of money, you have to just save a lot every every year for a long time. Yeah, but I agree completely. It's But it's that type of advice coming from people in our industry that have people like this who do these type of things. So then people are so less trustworthy of, of us, of the people who do it right and who do provide sound and prudent advice. Like it just, it makes that, the, the skepticism that I think exists around financial services generally you know, you read about these types of events where people are, are defrauded and um, it, it makes their their kids, oh, I'm not going to work with somebody or right. their their neighbor or their niece or nephew. And it just, it, it makes everybody so much more critical of, of what we do. So the simple advice of like save money and get somebody who you try, like it, it just seems so much more difficult. Yeah, now I agree. I, I think I... I agree totally now because it's the stories of the, you know, the, the one in a million are in everyone's face on social media Yep. more so than ever, obviously. And then you have, you know, you have DraftKings and you have all these others, pure gambling kind of oriented um, platforms that so many young, I'm, I'm picking on young people, but so many younger people use um, extensively and yeah you wonder are they are they just kind of like yeah the boring investing is for losers it's for boomers it's for boomers yeah like how many calls how many questions do you get from like you know where can I put my cash man 
Like I just can't like I just can't leave it in the bank mm-hmm. getting like nothing. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's where it goes. <laughs> Don't put it in Bitcoin Cash or whatever the hell it's called. Like, you can't do that. They don't want to. They don't want to hear that. Everybody wants to get rich fast. It just doesn't doesn't happen that way. Sorry, save your money. We're impatient people. <laughs> <clears throat> we good. We yeah. good. Okay, so let's talk about subsidizing adult children. This one was good. Yeah, you like it that. was I long. Did. Well, did you read the, the whole thing? It was mostly comments. I thought, like the 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 actual. Anyway, go ahead. Like the scenario. It, yeah. Okay. So this is a reader case study. Is it okay to subsidize my spendy pants adult children? This is from Mister Money Mustache's blog, which is a wild experience, by the way. Um, this blog post takes a reader's question about helping family members financially and the implications of doing so. The readers, who are retirees, help their son's family buy a new home by co-signing the mortgage and offering to contribute $500 a month to the mortgage payment. Upon purchase, other factors about the transaction and lifestyle were revealed, and the retirees are now feeling like their son is responsibly is irresponsibly managing his finances, and he writes to Mr. Money Mustache for advice. Was that the first person you'd write to for advice, financial <laughs> advice, guys? Mr. Money Mustache. Didn't know he existed until um, yesterday. Like, spendy pants, adult children. I love it. I love the title. So, I mean, obviously, we deal with the retirees, right? These people are in our um, client base a lot. We have a lot of clients who are incredibly generous to a fault sometimes um, with their their families generally, but adult children, Mm -hmm. maybe more specifically. So... um, where do we want to start? You got an opinion on it? Well, in this case, right, some of the specifics are that the, the they live in on, in the West Coast in a very high-priced um, area. area for real estate. They're yep. looking to – they just had a second child, and they're looking to get out of a condo into a house that is insanely expensive, and they're looking to the, to the parents for help. The, the issue – one of the issues is, is that – they spend every dollar they make already on eating out seven nights a week. I mean, their lifestyle is already a problem, I would say. And Correct. the parents are recognizing that. And they're thusly, they, they write to Mr. Money Mustache and say, <laughs> what do I do? Because we want to help them, but we don't like what we're seeing. So I don't think the people that sent the letter in were very intelligent. They're retirees. I mean, they said there was one comment where they said, on average, they eat out seven days a week. I mean, you don't have to average it. It's seven days a week. That's it. (laughs) You just say they eat seven days a week. Yeah. But then like they're they're asking for this advice to this guy. Like, should we help? No, you shouldn't help your children buy a house they can't afford. That's that's like an obvious answer. If your kid can't afford, it's one thing if like they can't aff- like they don't have the money set aside. You want to help them with the down payment, but their cash flow on a month-to-month basis is great, and they can afford the payments. That's not the case. They can't afford it. Well, if they can't afford it. Boo-hoo! You and your two kids have to live in your small condo. I'm sorry. Like get over it. 
But then at the end of the article or the letter, the guy's like, um, but, you know, it's a little touchy because they won't accept unsolicited, like, financial advice. So they want your money, but they don't want your advice. Like, how stupid are you? They're, they're parents. <laughs> right. Like, okay, well, if you want money from me and in addition to that, me to pay $500 a month and co-sign your mortgage, we're in bed together in finances. Like, I need to know everything about you, where your money is, how much is coming. Like, but they don't want any of that? Like, like sorry, yeah. kid. Find another lender. Well, one of the things that, I mean, we deal with this all the time, but I, I, I feel like when someone says, I want to lend my, my kid or my family member money, the first thing I think of is you need to get in your mind the, the concept that you're not getting it yes. back. Absolutely. Number yes. one, before you do anything. If yes. you do want it back, draw up a contract draw up a note that says they're responsible for paying you back. Yeah. That we've se- we've seen that mm-hmm. multiple times, tons of times. And that works out great. But uh, yeah, if you have it in your mind that I'm not going to give them a no and you know, I want it back. Well, then you need to be more What's the term I'm looking for? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just freaking black. Like legal, like there there needs to be be more aggressive about how you're communicating to your kid how this money gets paid back to you. Can't be willy-nilly. Yeah, I'm, I'm in 100% with you, Mike. Like, it's got to be gone. You're just giving it away. And if you can afford it, great. Mm-hmm. If, you can, if it's not going to impact your financial life, sure, help your kids. Don't, don't complain about what they spend it on. I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from a little bit with this guy. Like... And again, we don't know anything about the retirees in this case. So the affordability of this loan, of this, you know, supplemental payment every month is is unknown to us. But if you, if it is, if the goal is to help your kids, how much restriction are you supposed to have on on the the money, like? Because when we we do exactly as you just described, um, people want a gift and we advocate for it if they can afford it, but don't give it with strings, right? Like let your kid and and their family use the money in the way that they best see fit. And if the way that it fits for this family is this particular, um, I don't know. Stipend. Stipend, like... Do they have a right to question the way that money is spent otherwise? If they are legally like co-signers and they're accepting the debt, I would say yes. But in most cases, if you're going to gift to your kids, yeah. that's a gift. You shouldn't care about what it's being spent on. And that's that's not the purpose of it. Yeah. But when you're asking me to co-sign, to accept whatever the amount is, 250000 of debt, that I'm responsible for if you default. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a problem. I mean, I think hands down, like like nine times out of, 99 times out of 100, do not co-sign and, and add a down payment and help them with monthly payments. Like if sure, they can't sure. do those three things on their own, they shouldn't be buying that house. Yes, yes, I think that's clear. <laughs> Have I made that point clear yet? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more or less in agreement with everything you guys are saying. I mean, 
again, without we don't all we know is the couple paragraphs that mm -hmm. were given, and, and it's hard to kind of critique anymore. But you know, you're if you're if you're not allowed to have an opinion on your kids, I'll say spending habits, and you're being like you said, Jeff, and you're being asked for for money. I, I think that's a, a non-starter. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I I mean I. Is there anyone who believes that you should just subsidize your children? No questions asked. Yeah, whatever. They need it. You know, they need 2000 bucks a month to maintain their lifestyle. I like to go out a lot. I mean, I guess if like the ultra wealthy, we just, I, that's yeah. not the, it's not the world not the I live in. Yeah. But I'm sure that happens in the ultra wealthy world, right? Like sure. trust fund babies, you just get, you just get money. But for the average Joe and Jane, yeah, Bob and Donna, <laughs> like, man, I think it's I think it's bad form. Gonna end in disaster. I don't like the guy's kids, by the way. Losers. But like you said at the beginning, the guy seems stupid. Too. Yeah, I don't think he's very bright. Either. <laughs> I don't think he's very bright either. Um, okay, well that's that's all we'll maybe talk about yeah. with Mr. Money Mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Want to go into Joe Rogan? Yeah, you guys are gonna have to help me out with this one a little bit because I just I'm I'm not a hundred percent. I was paywalled, by the way, so I got like <laughs> two paragraphs in. Um, I don't know the full story. With I mean, I, he made some racist comments, him and his guests, in some of his past pods, and then he had guests on that were giving misinformation um, about COVID, maybe. Um. I don't. I don't agree I, I, with that. I don't agree with that characterization of how it went down. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then let's out. start Inform with me. the the vaccine yeah, piece of it because that's started. where it started. Gotcha. He recently had on two guys, McCullough one and Malone's the other, and and I watched. I watched and listened to him um, because I, I personally, I have an opinion of Joe Rogan and his. I don't listen to many of them because I don't yeah. really care to listen to him with some MMA person or whatever. But I do appreciate that he sits down for three hours with usually credible, intelligent people and has a conversation. And and um, in these cases, both of these people were very accomplished, are very accomplished practitioners in the field of medicine and vaccinations and everything else. And they spent a lot of time talking about the, rel the respective backgrounds. And the issue was that both of these people... Um, had very strong opinions about COVID and the vaccination, like everything. Although they covered a lot of ground, and much of it goes against what is being uh, the the advice that's been dispensed to, I'll call it Masses. America, yeah. by the by the central authorities and the governments. Gotcha. Um, that would include the CDC. Yes. Yeah. Got a lot of attention and. A lot of both positive and negative and um, I, I don't know if you know Jeff Rogan himself got in a little bit of a controversy because he he uh, tested positive for COVID the, I don't know six months ago nine months ago and he <clears throat> not vaccinated and his opinion was hey I'm a I'm a healthy relatively young person um, and I just had COVID so I don't need to get vaccinated. And so he's, he's been pretty vocal about his 
philosophy on that. And by the way, that's his opinion. It's sure. perfectly it's fine. Right. My opinion is perfectly fine. Um, and and so there was a ton of discussion around the, in their opinions, the, these are the medical profession, professionals, that there's a lot of information that's been suppressed to, uh, deliberately by a lot of people um, for a variety of, of incentives. So it was very, very controversial, because this is people it's a polarizing issue, obviously. Right. And so that kind of became the start of it where the Neil Youngs of the world and the musicians who said, I'm pulling my stuff from Spotify because they're, they're allowing this guy here to spread. They're on the other side. To spread misinformation about this, as if they're the ones who know the facts, right? So you can see where my opinion is on this. It's sure. Like, shut up. Let the guy just... It's free speech. He's he's not. I mean, he's literally just trying to have a conversation and get to, you know, discuss facts or opinions or whatever. That's what platforms are. Yeah. My question was like, how do they? <clears throat> so it like, started there. When you call it misinformation, like I feel like if you listen to either side, yeah, exactly. there's misinformation. Right. Like not right. like anybody has the the absolute perfect information. Right. But this is a platform. That's his platform to discuss ideas opinions and viewpoints well and in spotify it's exclusively like joe rogan is not available on right. other platforms so that's what the next part of it which was a compilation video of him using the n-word from multiple times years ago and they mashed together like yeah. uh 70 different clips and it was just over sure. and over and over again um which it's to me just so hypocritical because you can do, you could do that with Howard Stern, you could do that with anybody who's in that one of those positions who are not getting canceled because they're on a certain side, and so my opinion, like we don't get political on this pod, but my opinion is it's a travesty that he's being singled out be, because his his views differ from the people that are on the other side. Well, it's his, his pod; he can say yeah. what he wants on it. He, he's on Spotify's platform. Yeah. They can chuck him if they want to. Which they said yeah. they're not. Right. Because... Neil Young, it's his music. He could say, I don't want it there. I mean, I think everybody's right. entitled to do whatever they want. Right. And that's pretty much been the what's happened. Now, there's obviously the, the cancel culture element of it um, because, and I would say that's probably a bit more related to the racist yeah. comments versus the the vaccine issue or maybe it's just it feels more prominent because it's more happening right now um but but spotify came out and said like this is a platform and you know taking somebody off because of things they said is a slippery slope so they've decided not to joe rogan went and removed like over a hundred episodes from his catalog that he felt he should remove he apologized i mean he did the what you're supposed to do when this stuff comes out, I guess. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, you'll see on both sides now. I mean, Joe, Bi there's clips of Joe Biden years ago taught mm -hmm. using the word at, in a, at a hearing or something like that. Really? Of course. Because, I mean, this is what the, this is where the hypocrisy is so plain to me, where are are we not just going to sweep every clip and every soundbite that's ever happened and get rid of everybody who's ever used that word in whatever context, by the way, he wasn't calling someone that 
he was using it in whatever the context was, which is not, I'm not saying it's right, but. Right. Yeah, I think if you use it, you should just get removed from wherever you are. <laughs> I just, I mean, the whole like cancel culture thing is, is, uh, is frustrating to me because what does that really mean? Like Joe Rogan has, still has his platform. He still has his podcast. He still is a trillionaire. Like he's, he's a headline right now who's getting scrutiny from the you's and the me's of the world. Like right. what does it really mean to be – I guess I, I struggle with that. Like I don't – I don't know – I guess I don't care. That's part of the problem too. Like Joe Rogan is not somebody I care about, I listen to. But like this doesn't matter to Joe Biden or Joe Rogan. Like these aren't people who can truly be – canceled like nothing about their their lives truly changes right like if i get caught saying those words and i'm recorded i don't get a job right i like that type of thing impacts real people there's a level of celebrity i guess is the word or or power or money that exists that like even if you're being thrown under the bus even if all of these things are coming like what really ends up happening? But in this, in Rogan's case now, you have the White House issuing statements to the CEO of Spotify imploring him to kick him off the platform. That's going way too far. What is the White House? Well, I, I know why, but why is the White House like trying to pressure the CEO of a, of a large company to, to kick a guy off the platform for having a discussion? The same reason our previous administration wouldn't say Black Lives Matter because half of their votes come from the people who feel that way. I mean, that's like we could go back and yeah. forth regardless of who exists in the White House now or, or previously. And I completely agree with you. I that's it is it's crazy. But and if if Rogan gets kicked off Spotify, he gets picked up somewhere else in seven seconds. He's wildly popular. Like people aren't gonna stop listening to him i guess that's my point like his audience will never go away right like howard stern was on regular radio he was getting kicked off and was tired of it but he was to totally different reasons though howard stern has plenty of footage of him i was just i was just saying like they'll go somewhere else they'll and, follow yeah, people will and, follow and, yeah all right let's do um sixers trade <laughs> our top five movies that are centered around a school. So I have to say, I put up a little bit of a fight when we pick this one, <laughs> and I take it back. This Good. was a more fun one than I expected it to be, and I found it way easier than I thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, the more you think about it, there's just so many. Yeah. Okay. Somebody go. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, you don't think there's going to be any overwraps, so why don't you go first? You don't think there's going to be I don't think I've gone first in a while. Okay. I have a lot. So I'm, And this is a... A caveat, I'm trying to stay away from the obvious, right? Even though they may be great or funny movies, I'm trying to go off the board a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, my first one is is Dazed and Confused. It's a good one. I feel like that's pretty obvious. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, super obvious. <laughs> Even Dazed though, and Confused, yeah. Okay. Isn't that like the opinion? Meg, I'm surprised <laughs> you saw that. <laughs> I've seen Dazed and okay. Confused, yes. Um, I'm going Napoleon Dynamite. That's good a good one. one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Goodwill Hunting. 
Really? Okay, so that's college, right? Yeah, school but counts. okay, I know I, I I did all high schools, and then I was like, wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my other two. What did I say? Three already? Yeah. I'm gonna go. Cruel Intentions. Cool. That's a good Which one. one? The first one. Okay. <laughs> was that a boarding school? I yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah. it was. Okay. Yes. And then my my number one is super bad. I thought about that. I didn't know if that would get accepted. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. there's enough yeah. in the I school. I think there's I enough. Think. There's enough. That's sure. a good one. Yeah. It's a great one, dude. Yeah. Okay. You want me to go or you want to go? I'll go. Um, I don't think I took the same not trying to be obvious route. Remember the Titans. I knew you were. <laughs> I know another one. Two more that I, I know two more also. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be um Mean Girls. Okay. Harry Potter. Oh my god. That's Harry a great Potter. one. I never saw it. I what? Mean, even if you haven't, Hogwarts, everyone yeah. knows what Hogwarts I don't. is. Yeah, that's a great one. Oh, I, you're I, just now being contrary. No, yeah. no, I really I I avoid all that stuff. Um Matilda. Matilda. Okay. The Trunchbull? Yeah. And then never been kissed. Okay. Hmm. All right. So I think your list would be the same as my 14-year-old daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Animal House was like my number one of all time. Um, Never been kissed was my number two. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a funny movie. Have you ever seen it, Mike? No. It's so funny. It's Drew Barrymore is a news reporter who goes back to, like, um, Maybe I saw part. I, I'm sure I've seen called? parts of it. When yeah. you, fa- um, she's going. Undercover. You go undercover as a mm-hmm. high school student. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, number three is House Party. <laughs> You're not familiar with that? House Party from you. Okay. <laughs> no, is that new or old? It's old. Oh, it's it's okay. old. Uh, kid and play. You're not familiar. Yeah. No. Oh my god, dude! I like love. You were a big like, kid and play oh, guy, weren't you? I'm not so much a kid and play guy, but I just lo- I loved that movie. Um, PCU, Jeremy Piven. I don't think I. S- I don't know oh my god, it's it's a classic like college movie, and then Road Trip. Road Trip. I mean, it's like one of my like favorite comedies of all time. I can't believe you guys have zero response to that. Okay, all right. <laughs> good. They're good. They're good. I'll give it to Meg. I think she won that one. Wow, you're lying. Well, only Mike did. I know I didn't. So. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. See ya. All right. Take care.